When I was in seminary, uh, I took a class on the first book of the Bible, which is Genesis. And uh, the very first day of the first class, the only thing that we focused on was the first five verses of the first chapter of the Bible. And I was confused. I was extremely overwhelmed by these verses. And as I read the verses, all of a sudden, sudden, if you're getting trained as a pastor and you can't get the first five verses of the Bible, you're in trouble, people. And I like, I had no clue what was going on. And I started questioning my calling right there in the first a book of the Bible in Genesis, because this is what I knew. I knew that there were 1,189 chapters, and I wasn't doing very well on chapter 1. And I was supposed to know the rest of this, and so I'm feeling overwhelmed, and so we read some more, and finally there came a verse that blew my mind. I mean, I just didn't get it. Have you ever read the Bible before ever in your life in which you read something that you just didn't get, that you just didn't understand? Maybe there was something in the Bible that made you go, hmm. You know, there's a lot of things in life that make you go, hmm. For those of you raised in the 80s or 90s, there was actually a song that said, things that make you go, Oh, you can do better than that, people. Okay, if you weren't in the 80s or 90s, I got to say is, hmm, okay, that's not hard. H-M-M-M, okay, let's see if we can do that today. Uh, things that make you go, hmm, and, and that's what happened. I read this verse in the Bible, it was in the first five verses, and it made me go, hmm, and this is how the Bible begins. It says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Now, up until that point, folks, I was fine. I mean, I was a PK. I was a preacher's kid. I had heard this story before. I understood up until this point. And then this next verse just blew me away. It said this, And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Hmm? What you talking about, God? Like, what's up with that? There was evening and there was morning. And the reality is that same phrase goes through the first six days of creation. God ends the end of every day and it says, the text says, there was evening and there was morning. When do we start our day, folks? When? Morning. We st- you're morning people. You start your day in the morning. But that's not what this text said. It said from the evening till the morning. You see, God's book, the Bible, and his people saw life differently. They saw life actually starting in the evening when the sun was setting not when it was rising. Their calendar went from sunset to sunrise. 
This is evening, and then it's followed by day. There was evening, there was morning. So, what I want to do today is I want to talk about our 24-hour day. And if we live in uh, central Indiana, which is where we live, okay, and in east central Indiana, when does the sun set? What time? About 6 o'clock right now, right? Well, it's about 6, that it sets. And when does it rise? When the, the sun's full right now is about 8 in the morning. So we have about 14 hours, right? From 6 p.m. till 8 a.m. And this is the chunk of time that I want to talk about today. Why? Because the scripture says God did everything and then it was evening till morning. You see, this is the truth, folks. I believe that where we are not growing the most is in this part of the day. And I think that if you go after this, if I go after this over the next five years, that if we just start this year and we build up, we can see huge change and a lot of growth if we focus on from evening till morning. Now, ironically, the part of the day that we often put the most emphasis on in our world is from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., which is how many hours? It's 10 hours. And yet, this is the part of the day, folks, that you and I have the least amount of control over. Most of us, during this time of the day, we are just running around doing all kinds of stuff. We go to work, we go to the dentist, we go to the doctor, you go to the UPS store and you stand in line. Or you go to the post office and you stand in line and you stand in many different lines. You go to Wally World, you stand in line, you're just going everywhere. This is the part of the day that we do all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, what about kids? That's activity time. You're taking kids everywhere, all over the place. Michael's got to go to, you know, piano lessons. Mia's got to go to volleyball. And you're just running around during this amount of time. If you're single, you're involved in other things. You're, you're trying to figure out what are we going to do this evening? And everything in that part of the day is out of control and it's crazy. And yet, We tend to focus on that part of the day. And the truth is, folks, that's the least amount of control that you have in your day. Folks, if you want to make room for life, we have to start thinking about life in terms of evening till morning. Evening till morning. But most of us, what we do is we think about life from morning till evening, and some of us go way late into the evening. And we got to flip it around from evening to morning is what Scripture says. And this leads us to our big idea, and this is your first fill-in, uh, either on the app or in your program, and it's this. If you anchor your evenings and mornings, then in the middle of the day, come what may, you've already had a great day. If you anchor your evenings and your mornings... Then in the middle of the day, what might come what may, you've already had a great day. I mean, if you anchor the evening and your morning, no matter what the traffic is like, no matter what meeting you get pulled into, no matter what people say, no matter what activities you have to take all of your kids to, or what activities you're a part of in the evening, you've already had a great day. So, for the rest of our time, what I simply want to talk about is two things, two ways 
that you can have a great day. Two ways that you can have a great day. The first way is get sleep. Get sleep. Get sleep. Now, some of you are sitting there right now and you're thinking to yourself, I came to church today and I got up early and I didn't sleep in so that the pastor could stand up and tell me, get sleep. Like, I should have just stayed home today, right? Some of you on the stream right now, you're like, seriously? That's why you told me I got up to watch this? And no, 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 no. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. Folks, if you want to have change in your life, big changes, one of the things that you have to do is think about your sleep and how you do it over the next five years. I mean, a key ingredient to you being able to change things in your life is your sleep. Now, let me ask this question. Has anyone here ever struggled to sleep before? Raise your hand up. Okay, now put your hand down. Anyone that didn't raise their hand, what do we call them? Liars. Sorry if you're here for the first day, but if you are, everyone's had a moment where it's difficult to sleep. Some of you, I bet, are having that problem right now. You're struggling on what it means to actually get some good sleep. And you don't know how you're going to do it. And uh, the reason why this is important to me is because when the pandemic hit, one of the things I noticed is I started having really difficult time sleeping. And uh, I actually was sleeping six hours or less every single night. And I started thinking, man, I know this can't be good for me. And I started reading some studies, and they said that the top performers in our country, on average, get eight hours and 36 hour, minutes of sleep. The top performers get eight hours and 36 minutes of sleep. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm not doing that. But if I want to be a great performer in my family, if I want to be a great performer in the church, I've got to get more sleep. And actually, if we're going to be a church that is going to meet our vision, our goal of 500 people in five years, then I thought to myself, I probably need to teach on this because this is going to affect the way that we reach out to people, the way we love people, the way we have patience for people if we're not getting sleep. And so that's what we want to talk about. Now, why? Why is it so true that getting sleep is hard? Why? Why is it so hard? Um, well, let me give you two words. Thomas Edison. He's the enemy. He is the problem. What did Thomas Edison invent? The what? The light bulb. He invented the light bulb. Now, before 1879, the average American during the week, on a weekday, slept 10 hours every single night. Flash forward to the present, the average American sleeps 6 hours and 48 minutes. Average. So that means a lot of you, you're not average. You're below average. And some of you are way above maybe the average. Now, why is this? Because now we have light. 
And we have gone from 10 hours to 6 hours and 48 minutes. And this is what I want to tell you folks. That's not an improvement. That's not something that we should be cheering for and going, yes. Before 1879, folks, the way that people would do stuff at night is you'd have to have a candle. You'd have to have a lantern. Or you'd have to be around a fire. But once the light went out, what did people do? Just went to bed. Now, not only do we have lights, but we have these little blue screens that Gates and Jobs and others have said we need so badly, and we look at them all the time. In fact, just by a show of hands, remember, you're in church, don't lie. How many of you go to bed with your friend? Raise your hand. Now, some people are getting nervous, so like, oh, I better do it now. This is what we know statistically. 68% of all Americans go to bed with their phone. 68% of all of us go to bed with our phone. And do you know what this little device does? It's able to ramp up and give you all kinds of RPMs that help you not sleep. Now, is sleep really that big a deal, Bunch? Like, seriously, is it? Well, I read some studies, and this one blew my mind. Every study that's ever been on sleep, uh, this one study looked at all of them, and it said it's conclusively uh, linked sleeplessness to irritability, anger, depression, and mental exhaustion. Now, how do we know this? If you take a two-year-old who didn't sleep very well at night, or they don't get their nap, what do they do? And you know what? It doesn't just happen to two-year-olds, does it? 12-year-olds, 22-year-olds, 32, 52, 72, 82. My parents are in their 80s. They don't get good sleep. Their temper tantrums are horrible. Bad. Another study showed this. Listen to this. It showed that people who don't get at least seven hours of sleep But if you get seven hours, if you get seven hours, you are three times more likely not to get the common cold or a virus. Seven hours. So if you're not doing that, your ability to prevent the common cold with your body, it doesn't work. I mean, sleep is a good thing. It gives us immunity. Scripture says this, it's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those God loves? Now, there are two things that sleep provides. First of all, we just looked at it. It's physical rest, physical health. That's what God wants to give to all of us. That's why he gives us sleep, so that we could have rest, that we could actually be healthy. The second thing that sleep provides is that it helps you to set aside your worries, that you get to set aside your worries. That's what sleep provides us. Um, Now, they say to be healthy, usually eight hours of sleep is the best way to go at it. And think about that. For eight hours, you get to take your worries and set them aside. Psalm 4.8 says this, I can lie down and what's the next word? Sleep. How? Soundly, because you, Lord, will keep me safe. 
God is greater than your worries. And as you lay your head on your pillow, what you do is you lay your worries at God's feet. Try it tonight before you go to sleep. Say, okay, God, I'm getting ready to lay my head down on the pillow, but I'm going to lay my worries at your feet. And see what happens. You get sleep. Now, as we think about our new day being from evening till morning when the sun goes down, here are some practical steps that may help you as you prepare to go to sleep. The first one is this. Set an alarm to go to bed. Think about that. I said it correctly. Set an alarm to go to bed. You set an alarm to get up. Why don't you set an alarm to go to bed? Secondly, ask someone to hold you accountable of what time you're going to bed. Just say, shoot me a text. What time did you go to bed last night? You do that over 30 days and you'll start to increase whatever amount of sleep you're trying to get. Next, decide not to watch TV. Uh, That was the best thing my wife ever did. She said, we are not going to have a TV in our bedroom, uh, and we never have. We just never have. Our kids don't. And we just have chosen not to do that. And you decide, I'm not going to have that little screen, that little thing that i got to have. i got to see the sports at the end, and oh my gosh, look at that social media. And look at all the crafts. Five-minute crafts. How can I not go to bed without doing that? You can. There it is. You can leave it there. Maybe you decide that you'll go to sleep by actually reading the Bible. You open it up and you read it. And that's the last thing. And then just one more thing that I was thinking about. Uh, If you're married, if you're married, just have sex before you go to bed. It's one of the best things to just kind of relax you. Now, For some of you, I'm just being real, some of you men are taking notes, I notice, married men right now, that you've never taken before. And the only thing that your wife will hear is like, hey, this is what I think we should do. Pastor said it, you know, like, that's what he said. Well, enough said. Simply put is this, folks. Um, Get sleep. Get sleep. It will help you as you think about five-year goals and where you're going and what you're doing. Get sleep. It shows it. So we want to get sleep. Secondly, we want to go deep. And how do we want to go deep? We want to go deep in three different areas. The first area that we want to go deep in is spiritually. Psalm 46.10 says this, Be still and know that I'm God. There's something about knowing God, folks, that you can only do when you're still. You can't know God if you're just on a rat race from the early morning till the end and you're just rushing around, rushing around, and all kinds of media that's around you. You can't go deep unless you actually slow down. Now, for me, I do this in the morning. I'll talk about it here in just a second. But I begin my morning to try to spend some time going deep. And it doesn't matter the amount of time, it's about going deep. It might be five minutes that at the beginning you begin your day with God. Maybe for some of you, you just read one verse of Scripture. One verse. One verse, that's so stupidly small. Didn't we talk about that last week? Like one push-up, like what is one push-up going to do? I don't know, just start doing it and then see what happens. You'll tend to do more than that, but start with one verse. Say one prayer, just one prayer at the beginning, and you go deep in the morning. 
Maybe for others of you, you're like my wife, Jennifer, and she does hers in the evening. And she likes to do that. Actually, Adam did. It says that he walked in the cool of the night with God. That's the way he did his, and you can do that. It doesn't really matter when it is, but you're choosing to go deep spiritually in some way. Now, uh, Scripture is a great way to do that, and we actually have uh, a little uh, brochure that for 15 minutes in a day, just think about that, 15 minutes, you could break it up however you want to do it. You could go through the entire book of Luke in the next 30 days. And for those of you that are on the stream, it's on the app. Uh, you can just go to resources, click on that, and we have this resource. You guys can get this just by walking just a few steps to guest connections, and now you have a reading plan of how you could do it. And, and your life could change by going deep spiritually by doing that. Next, we want to go deep physically. Um, we want to go deep physically. This is where we build into our bodies. Our bodies are a gift from God, and how do we regularly work in that? It might be a run. It might be a, uh, just a brisk walk. It might just be walking to the driveway or one push-up. But start with something, whatever it is, do it each day. Now, you might be asking, why in the world would I want to do something physically every day? I don't move, Chris. Like, that's, I don't like doing that. Well, uh, this is what I want to say. Because when you do deep physical work, there's this hormone that actually uh, gets produced in your brain called serotonin, and it actually stabilizes things in your life like moods, feelings, regulates your feelings of being well and happiness, it regulates anxiety, and it helps us to do the first thing, which was to get what? Sleep. When you regularly exercise at the end of the day or you do some physical activity, you sleep. The third thing that we want to go deep after is you go deep creatively. You go deep creatively. Now, some of you might say, well, I am not creative, Chris. Yes, you are. Every single person in this auditorium, everyone on the stream, you're creative. How do I know this? God was a creator. He is a creator who created you, and he created you to what? Create. That's what he did. He created you to be a creator of the things that you can do. He created you to create. You are made in the image of God. That's how you're made. And so we should be creative. Well, Chris, I'm just not creative. I mean, I'm about computers, numbers, and building things. No, no, no. If you're a builder, if you're an engineer, if you do construction work, if you're an accountant, you do numbers, you're creative in multiple different ways that personally I'm not. Others of you are creative with music or art. Maybe you're creative with photography or parenting. But the reality is, is that What I want to talk about is not so much our nine-to-five job. I hope you're creative there also. But I want to talk about that time right after you wake up in the morning that for many of us it just goes as a wasted time. Because I think there's some places there that we can do some help or some work in being able to go towards our goals. Now this is a time, I think, the best time for you and I to grow. We take some baby steps early on before we get to work, and all of a sudden, five years from now can be totally different because you utilize that time. 
It might be that you take an online class. It might be that you read and you think about things in the morning that way. But some way that you choose that you're going to grow. I've found that this is the time of my day that is the most uninterrupted than any other time. It probably is yours as well. So let me share with you how, how to go deep by doing this. First of all, if you want to do that, you've got to make a plan. It doesn't just happen. I make a plan. Now, actually, I've started this at the very beginning of the year, uh, and I want to include it going forward. But my day, my plan actually starts the night before, and I've started setting my alarm on my phone for 1030 at night. And when it goes off at 10.30 at night, what that challenges me to do is to say, Chris, it's time for you to start winding down and heading to bed. You need to go there. And my goal now for this year is to get to seven hours of sleep each night. That's my goal. By the time I get to five years from now, my goal is to get to eight hours of sleep. Now, some of you are like, well, you're not being very healthy, Chris. I'm doing small steps, folks. Small steps to where I can be healthy and be stronger than where I'm at right now. But seven hours is my goal. Now, typically, I wake up, it depends on the day, but somewhere between 5.30 or 6.30 in the morning. And my first meetings are usually uh, around 9 or 9.30. So I have this period of time uh, that is mine, that I can utilize. And so between that time, what I try to do is go after some things spiritually, physically, and creatively. Now, let me confess this. This does not happen every day. This, this is my ideal day, okay? Because all of us don't do this every day. But my ideal day kind of looks like this. Uh, once I wake up, I stay in bed for the first couple of minutes. And spiritually, I already want to go deep. I did it this morning. I get up in the morning and I do what I call a body surrender prayer. This is what I do. I go, God, I surrender my mind to you. I want to have the mind of Christ. God, I surrender my ears to you today. I want to listen twice as much as I talk. God, I surrender my eyes to you. I want to have pure eyes in everything that I look. God, I surrender my mouth to you. I only want words to be of encouragement as I go through my day. God, I surrender my heart to you today so that I know it's more, most deceptive than anything else. I surrender it to you. God, I surrender my hands to you today that they would be used to serve you. And God, I surrender my feet today so that wherever I go, you lead my steps. How long did that take? One minute. And I've already gone deep, and I'm not even out of bed yet. Because spiritually, I'm saying this day, I'm going to start it um, the night before, evening till morning. And then when morning starts, God, I'm starting it with you. Benjamin Franklin, when he woke up in the morning, he would say this. What a great quote. What good shall I do this day? I mean, think about that. That was his plan. He would wake up each morning and he would just say, what good shall I do this day? What if all of us did that? What kind of impact would that make? Now, last week we talked about the importance of recording things. And so the second thing, if you want to go deep, is taking notes. You actually take notes. Um, after I have that morning prayer, I roll out of bed. My glasses are underneath. So I'm on my knees at the very beginning. I go, I surrender this day to you, God. I put my glasses on. Then I get to go to my main, my man cave. You know where my man cave is right now? My kid's playroom that is pink and filled with Barbies. But one day it's going to change, maybe in five years. I don't know. But right now, that's my man cave. And I go in there and I read. And usually I read around 
three to five pages, not like a huge thing. Small little steps, and I'm reading a book right now called Battlefield of the Mind. And I sit there and I creatively think, how can I get my mind more focused? God, help me to know how to do that. And I'll take notes. I'll write things down of how I want my mind to act and be and look differently. And then after I've read that little bit, I set my phone for five minutes. That's it. And I ask this question, God, is there anything you want to say to me right now? And I'm quiet. And I, deep in, I take a deep breath in. I blow it out. And sometimes I'll hear uh, promptings, not audibly, but just in my spirit. I love you. I'm proud of you. You're going to get through this day today. God loves to give us encouraging messages. Sometimes I get nothing. I get absolutely nothing. But I'm relaxed for five minutes. Sometimes I'll get a name of one of you and I'll I'll lift up a prayer. But that's done. And uh, that's all in that time of the day. Now, On the days that I don't have kid duty or I don't have carpool duty, those are the days that I go and take a walk or a run. And you know why I do this? Because serotonin fires in my brain, and it actually says that it'll last up to 12 hours. So I want to do it in the morning because if I wait till the evening, all of that good stuff just happens in the evening. But if I do it in the morning, I get all of that stuff through the entire day where my anxiety goes down, I'm not as overwhelmed, and I have a better mood to be able to do that. And it's so key uh, for me to do that. Then once I'm done with my run, I come back, I shower, I spend more time uh, in my quiet time for prayer and Bible study. This is where I have my reading time. And then when I get ready to leave, I've just added this at the beginning of the year, up on the mirror, uh, Jennifer and I are both doing this. We have a little uh, phrase that says, I'm going to be about my father's business. And listen to this, folks. I haven't even got to work yet. And you know what? I've already had a great day. I've already had a great day. And I haven't even gotten to work yet. Now, the last thing in the evening hours, or you can do this early in the morning if you want, is this. Be inaccessible. Be inaccessible. You can actually take this particular device and you can put it on airplane mode when you're not on an airplane. Did you know that? You don't even have to be on an airplane and you can do that. You can do that each day. You really can. And you don't have to be near your phone. Now, some of you right now, by me just saying, you're going to have to give that up to be inaccessible. You're like, oh my gosh, that gives me the creeps. I cannot do that. Chris, I have children. I've got to be reachable. You're right. You do. I am not saying that you should not be reachable for your kids. I get it. I understand. But this is what I know you can do with phones too. You can turn the data off. You can turn off all the social media. You can turn all, uh, you can turn off all the ding, bing, Johnny's calling you. Johnny's calling. Who cares about Johnny? No, I'm going to be inaccessible. And you can still have the phone mode on. Moms, dads with young kids, you can still have the phone mode on for any emergency call. You see, folks, many of us uh, have this thought that we have to be accessible all the time. There's just something within us that we're like, you know what, that's the way it works. It has to be that way. Did you realize that for most of history, that was not the way it was? Most of history, that's not the way it was. If you were going to be accessible, you actually had to write this thing called a letter and you would give it to somebody and it would take days, weeks, 
months sometimes before it would ever get to anyone. And you know what's interesting to me in our culture right now? People would much rather have a handwritten note than a text any day. I bet you have a box or somewhere where you place hold things that are important that someone wrote to you. Your text, you delete them all the time. It's something that you keep as a gift, as something that you treasure. Folks, being inaccessible at times is actually one of the greatest gifts that you can have in our technological world to take some time. And you know what it does? It gives you freedom. It actually gives you freedom that the world doesn't want you to have for your mind, your body, and your spirit. Because you were not created to be human doings, doing stuff all the time. You were created to be human beings, to take moments to simply be. So you make a plan, you take some notes, Sometimes you choose to be inaccessible in the evening to the morning hours because that's where we have the most control and then you can watch yourself grow. Now, I can't do this every day and I bet you can't either. But you know a couple things that we can do? We can get sleep. We can get better sleep. For some of us, including myself, we can get more sleep. And... Secondly, we can go deep. We can go deep spiritually. We can go deep physically. We can go deep creatively. And if we would do that, if we would get sleep and go deep, if we'd focus on changing our mindset to what's most important, the things we actually can control, evening to morning hours, that if we did that time after time, day after day, week after week, over the next five years, What we would have is a ton of great days. And how do I know this? Because if we anchor our evenings and we anchor our mornings, that in the middle of the day, come what may, no matter what happens, we've already had a great day. Let's pray. Well, Father, thank you so much for giving us the model in when you created the world of sunset to the sun going up. And help us see our world in a new way, God, starting today. That when evening comes, that we see that as the beginning and what it looks like to morning. You know, maybe the truth is that some of you here in the auditorium, some of you on the stream, you're so busy right now and you're so overwhelmed that the truth is you're not getting sleep. You didn't sleep very well last night. And you can't really remember the last time that you went very deep with God, but the truth is today you're being convicted like, man, this is something I want to change. I want to change this. But you can't do it on your own. You need God's help. I need God's help. I've, I've screwed this area up of my life a lot. And I was like, God, I, I want to change. Help me to do that. And of course he wants to give us rest. He wants us to get sleep to go deep. So right now with every eye closed, with every um, head just kind of bowed, no one looking around, even if this is your first time, just kind of meditate if you want. If you're not sure about this whole God thing, that's fine. But if you really 
are sitting here and you're like, I want God to help me to get sleep and to go deep with him, would you just raise your hand? No one's looking, but hey, I want to get more sleep, God. I want to go deep. Let me pray for you. God, I pray right now for each hand that's lifted, that you would give them the discipline to have better sleep. Help them to rest in you, to know that they can cast all of their cares upon you because you care for them. Give them a good night's rest this evening, God, and put some tools around their sleep time so they can go deeper with you and in the relationships that are around them, to go deep spiritually and physically and creatively. God, you give every single one of us the same amount of time each day, 24 hours each day. And I pray that you would help us, God, to know how to spend it well so that your name would be made great. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can put your hand down. Now, maybe you're sitting there right now in the auditorium or you're on the stream, and the truth is you're like, man, I can't remember the last time I got a good night's rest. And I don't even know about this whole going deep thing with God because I feel very far from God, disconnected. But maybe something within the teaching today or right now is convicting you. I want God in my life. I want him to help me so I can sleep better. I can go deeper with him wherever you're at right now. And if that's you, if you're like, you know what? I need this. I'm not so sure about all the steps, but I want this, Chris. I want better sleep. I want to go deep. I I want my worries to be taken away, to be able to, to realize I can go through a day and I can have peace and I can have strength as I go through it. I'm going to lift a prayer up that I'm going to invite you to repeat after me. And it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but it's one that we share together. But if today you're like, I need that. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I need something bigger and better in my life. I want to be open to this thing called God, wherever he's at. I'm going to invite you to come into this prayer time. If you want his grace, his forgiveness, his love, today he wants to give that to you, just like he loves to give rest to you as well. And so I invite you now, if you would, if you feel comfortable, just to close your eyes and repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for choosing me. Jesus, forgive me. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.